0: And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 230. My name is Brando. Going to be a fun episode today. A couple of, of things are back. I, I, I should say, we have a, a segment that's coming back, Fan Obsession, looking forward to it. Uh, but I, it's, it's as important, I think. What else is back? Oh, Axel. Buttons. Buttons are back. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That, that's how sad I've gotten. I've had to insert my my own applause <laughs> as we continue <laughs> to feel feel our, uh, our quarantine or my quarantine, segueing the Guns N' Roses reference into everything as we do here. Uh, I'm at home. Obviously, I had a I had full studios normally at iHeartRadio Radio and in, uh, in Tribeca, New York. But I, I don't have that at home. I have some cool things uh, setups, but they're not meant for for button bars. I guess.
1: They
0: are radical. radical. Uh, they are radical. Duff and uh, I don't know what baby Ninja Turtle that was that said that specifically. But I finally set some up <laughs> for today. I won't go crazy, but more importantly, fan obsession. And uh, I'm tying it into my co-host for the day. Another thing I'm bringing back, I, I want to give the opportunity that you, the listener, have given me doing this silly little Six Degrees of uh, GNR Bacon podcast, getting me uh, to talk to all sorts of my heroes, your heroes. You know, I do my best to ask your questions to these these uh, ladies and gentlemen that, uh, that come on the show, but I want you to be a part of it, like literally. So I thought this was a cool opportunity to to have a co-host, a fan co-host. So welcome. Matt, uh, do I want to say your last name? Do we just call you Matt? I mean, that's kind of boring.
2: Uh, Matt Gordon is probably the right. People are going to, like, there's so many Matt's out there. Everyone already calls me Matt Gordon anyway, so that's the best way to go. And Matt Gordon <laughs> Also, <laughs> that doesn't help. Give me the like
0: if you give me like a spinner wheel of just. I mean, it's a it's a lovely name, you know. I'm, I'm the dude who uh has to go by Brando instead of Brandon Weisler. So, but Matt Gordon, very professional.
2: Uh, oh yeah, I always get that a lot. I um and then it, it just works out. A lot of people have to use you know have like you said you have to use Brando and. I, I luckily
0: just get to use my full name. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Where are you calling from? Because you're West Coast. Where are you calling from uh, today, if you don't mind me asking?
2: I am calling from Portland,
0: Oregon.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: born and raised. Wow. I have never been. My brother, Tristan, who often listens to the podcast, and my brothers are not GNR fans. Like They like them, but they're not like me, you or I. Uh, they happen to actually like what I'm doing, which is weird. But he's, he's been to Portland many times and he got me a, was it a Portland uh, Winterhawks hat?
2: Oh, yeah. And I've got... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I've got like five of those. Guys.
0: <laughs> because it's interesting because it looks exactly like the uh, Chicago Blackhawks logo, almost. Maybe there's like a leaf difference or something really very mm-hmm. subtle. I see I did my research yeah. uh, on this at the time because I'm like, why would you get me a Chicago Blackhawks you know, paraphernalia or, or apparel in Portland. He's like, no, no, it's a real team. I, I guess the owners way back in the day were were friends and they both kind of liked the same logo and they just, they both agreed to kind of, to have it, but made with little differences. So, uh, that's, yeah, why, yeah. that's why, I, <laughs> that's my only connection. This is, I, I would have worn it uh, today had this been a, a Zoom, also a Zoom episode, but we're just connecting over phone back to the podcast, back to fo- focusing on audio, which is important. And I also realize. My uh, my email is still up because I'm waiting for like yeses from people. And maybe I would make a breaking announcement of, you know, there's some hopes out there for, for interviews. But uh, I'm looking forward to because you're going to help me. We're going to call him in a few minutes. I'm looking forward to him as, as anybody else. And I'm glad you are, which is in addition to loving Guns N' Roses, you love me first in the gimme gimmies. It's
2: actually funny that I'm on this podcast. So I actually discovered me first in the gimme gimmies and Guns N' Roses around the same time and almost be exactly the same place. Okay. Because, um, yeah, um, I don't know if you remember, before YouTube, there used to be a lot of Flash Player, like, video sites, like E-Bombs World and Newgrounds. Sure. And stuff like that. Yeah, um, so there was, I don't remember the exact names of the videos, but um, I believe that the Guns N' Roses one was called Decline of Video Gaming, and My Michelle was the theme song for one of their episodes. And then, like, me First and the Gimme Gimme's Country Roads was a cheesy, was a background music for this cheesy, like, fighting game, like, sprite fighting game I used to play. <laughs> so, I actually, yeah, I actually discovered both of them very much in the same way. When I got older, my, my best friend, Dylan, who I told I would give a shout out to, right on. Um, was a big Me, me First and the Gimme Gimme's fan. So, he got me more into them. That's the first time I heard them. That's so, it's cool. actually kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's a funny coincidence. No, That's perfect. Wow. I, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't even
0: know that. It's, it's, that's why you're meant to co-host this, uh, this yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I
2: figured I'd save the story early air, so you would be surprised by it. <laughs> you, you
0: are thinking. You're thinking radio. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like maybe the same time as I'm really formulating my, my rock taste. Yeah, there was the Guns N' Roses, and I did like the 80s, but I really, I, I, I shopped at Hot Topic. I wasn't full emo. I wasn't uh, as far as... <laughs> Maybe with the hair and stuff like that, I was still rocking what I called my Axel Rosenberg phase.
2: Oh yeah, I think I remember seeing an old picture of you from your bucket, your Bumblefoot interview.
0: Oh, where you okay. had the
2: long hair and stuff. That uh, maybe I'm picturing that. Now. Okay, fair
0: <laughs> enough. Uh, that was, I guess, I looked more like Scott Stapp than I did uh, did Axel. But I really gravitated toward my generation's punk punk rock. Um, Green Day was my, yeah, yeah, Green Day. They they were, they were punk once upon a time. And well, I love Green Day. So I do too. They've, uh, that's a whole other podcast in itself. But <laughs> uh, Dookie was my first album I ever got. It was a like, cassette in my Hanukkah stocking. And oh, that's rad. <laughs> I, I, obviously, it, it was near and dear. And, you know, thanks, mom. But mm. just going down that, that route, other than just some of the obvious, uh, you know, I love the MXPX, I love the Ataris. And that just leads you to when you create your Winamp, they go back to all things, Winamp Playlist. Me first. Of course, they did covers, but they were all great. I mean, how many yeah, cover yeah. bands are, are there out out there in, in the world? And for them to be famous doing it is pretty impressive. And I can't re- wait to uh, to talk to Spike Slawson
2: the, the lead singer. Oh, set. yeah. And, that, and I think with what's more important than them just being a cover band is that they really put themselves into the covers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of it being, cause a lot of cover bands, like even, even cover bands like me first and game of game is cover a, a wide variety of music. They'll just kind of do straight covers. And even if they change the music, you like, when I listen to me first, I kind of get, you know, I feel like there's passion and energy behind it All instead right. of like I'm me going, to you know, and I'm not dissing cover bands because I lo- I'm in a cover band myself. But <laughs> it's, a, it's it's a different it's a different vibe than going to like the bar and and seeing a cover band there. where This is like a show, and these are people that are arranging songs. You know what I mean?
0: You're right on. Uh, and we're gonna see what uh <laughs> what what Spike uh means or meant. So uh, hang tight. We're gonna get him on. Right. Okay. So do I have both Matt and Spike on?
3: I'm yeah. Matt. I'm I'm here as well.
0: Cool. Uh, okay. So I will. So where I'll- are
3: you calling from then?
0: I'm calling from Queens, New York right now. You're from Pittsburgh? Where are you uh, located?
3: I grew up in Pittsburgh, and okay. thankfully I am not located there today or tonight. or <laughs> in The days <laughs> to come, man, like Billy and Pittsburgh are, are going to get weird. I, think.
2: <laughs> I can
3: only imagine.
0: <laughs> so we have right now, Spike, uh, so Matt is uh, a fan of yours and a fan of the podcast works out. Uh, he's from Portland, Oregon. I'm in- uh, Hey,
2: Spike. Had, What's happening? Hey, it's good to hear from you. I've um I've been a fan for a long time, so
3: it'll be cool to chat with you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to it. Mm-hmm.
0: And I said this kind of the last episode, uh, both uh to Mike and and Matt, uh Spike and Matt. See, I'm already combining the names uh, because <laughs> I also have in the background because yeah, it's a podcast, but I try to keep it in real time. And uh, I said it mentioned the last one I did. Uh, so it's Wednesday the fourth. Uh, November fourth. More importantly, 2020, and we have we don't have a president yet. <laughs> we still have a country. I think things aren't burning down around us. We're all in different parts of uh of the country right now. So if you hear fire trucks no. or something, we'll start freaking out. You know, maybe maybe
3: Matt could tell us better than than I could. San Francisco has shifted somewhat demographically over the last ten or so years. Okay. Uh, well, I'm um
2: I'm from Portland, so you know. I'm sure everyone's seen this on the news recently, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's definitely interesting here. Um, I feel like, especially with the media, a lot of what was um, happening got a little blown out of proportion. With um, with like, it's not 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 that not that important stuff wasn't happening, but like the news kind of made it look like the whole town was a battleground when I was going to the store to get groceries. You know what I mean? I hear <laughs> so right. we're doing okay. We're we're all all right, but it. I guess we'll have to see tonight how everything goes and see this week.
3: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It it ain't over until it's, it's not even over when it's over. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I feel like even if we, and I I don't mean to presume that, that either of you are we, but even if we win, we lose. (laughs) Yeah. This whole
0: year has felt like, um, I don't know, a loss, maybe, Maybe we needed, to a degree, some of us, because it's just like, whoa, like, where, where are we? It's like reassessing everything. You know, unfortunately, yeah. very unfortunately, people who lost, a, oh. a, a, let it be jobs, but and we'll talk to you about that, um, Spike, as we welcome yeah, Spike's lost in
3: the
0: <laughs> Tours. They've
3: losing their entire industry.
0: I, yeah, and their people lives, of course. are about probably.
3: how inaccurate they were at two presidential elections in a row. Well, at
0: least we have this conversation documented Mm -hmm. if something happens. We have this for future generations.
2: (laughs)
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: Maybe we can help, help or as long as we hope we don't hinder, but (laughs) for posterity. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Spike, I was wondering if I could ask you a quick question. Um, Certainly. Yeah. Since I, you know, I was trying to brainstorm some stuff I would want to ask somebody from me first. And uh, one question I've always had really was just um, you guys are all kind of a Super group of guys from all sorts of different bands from all over the maybe not all over the spectrum, but a lot of different groups. And um, I guess I just would like to know more about how the five, at least the original five, of y'all came together and decided to do me first. So I haven't I heard uh, much about that.
3: Well, it it wasn't. I was actually asked to do it by the the uh, the two guys that had the idea, and I think the idea was born with. Uh, Mike and Joey, um, as a way to still be involved with music, but not in such a serious, um, but to have an outlet that was not so serious as their so called serious band, which had become sort of, you know, it's like after you've done it for a while, you know, it's like being married to, you know, three or four other people. Oh, yeah. And Sure. To, to maintain and sustain those relationships over time. It, it gets hard and it requires a lot of work and effort. And, uh, I, I think this, they wanted to start as just so a, like, a, and it's a cover band. So you could, you, we could play live within, you know, within a week of them deciding and then assembling the personnel, which would have been, um, Dave, Chris, and myself, uh, within a week of that time, we could have been playing, um, Live shows because it was like the songs were already written, like the decisions were only uh, about how to arrange them. Oh, okay, that's really interesting. Um, I mean, as far as a supergroup, like Chris was not in the Foo Fighters at that time. Me First it is still the most well-known musical project I've ever been involved with, and uh, yeah, I use the term supergroup very loosely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no, I certainly do appreciate it. Um, yeah, but, but. Uh, and, and and I'm more than happy to, to you know to call ourselves a super group, but uh, um, no, at that time I think it was just sort of like a um, an outlet, mm-hmm. a way to make music fun again for the for the two sort of uh, people who are behind the kind of conceptual thing. Yeah, no, it's always funny. I actually knew you
2: guys before I knew any of the. Well, I mean, new is it, but I listened to you guys before I listened to any of those uh, other bands anyone's involved in. So I actually found out you guys were a super a super group after the fact, kind of.
3: <laughs> good. That's the best time. It was me um, as well. Yeah, yeah. well that's,
0: something, that's a
2: good point
3: because you're right.
0: He, the, the Foo Fighters weren't in existence, really, when I discovered me first. So it wasn't like a super group. I didn't look at it that way. You know, did you, you learned about no, his other project? Like, so it was, I, I, I can it was I agree the dudes with that. Band.
3: It was the dude's band after Nirvana and he played everything himself and, you know, like I think that release was pretty big at the time, but not, you know, nothing like what the second, but their second record ended up me. Mm. I think that's what catapulted them into, uh, you know,
2: yeah, did they become more popular than Nirvana? I, I, I don't, I'm not stuff i mean cuz they they came up in such different situations and you know it's hard to even gauge that i mean what we all can agree on
0: is that we want concerts to come back and have a fun experience what me first whoo! provides oh yeah so what were the 2020 plans that that were on hold uh until further notice as they say
3: they were they were identical to the 2021 plans that are now okay by- uh, possibly on hold. They uh, they involved going to Europe. Um, I think kind of playing one off here and there. I don't think we had any any sort of like uh, comprehensive North American tour plan, other than like regional things or there. We were going to play that Floggy Molly Floggy Molly uh, Salty Dog cruise. Okay. Um, yeah. But cruises, I think, <laughs> are off the table for, for the foreseeable future. Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the plan was to play, which is, you know, it's, it's not only how I make money, but it's also, I mean, it's, uh, it is my drug of choice. <clears throat> I, I can feel that.
2: Uh, but, um,
0: so how have you been yeah, dealing with, uh, with it? Like, what have you been doing to not go, Go crazy, as uh, Prince uh, once said. Are you keeping uh, create your you know your creative juices flowing, or just keep the you know the, the good feelings you know that that we first puts out? How have you been able to keep that on any level um, going?
3: Well, I've been working on um, on my own project. Um, I write music under the name The Revolt. We we have some releases on Pirates Press Records and. I've been kind of revisiting some of those songs that I may have thought were lost causes, but, uh, um, have grown to, uh, to actually like, um, I've been working on various covers, um, on the ukulele to do live streaming things that I've been doing personal greetings, all sorts of things Nice for people's uh, weddings and bar mitzvahs and, you know, trying to be useful and, uh, stay busy. And, uh, earn a little bit of money in these, uh, uncertain times, you know, actually, as far as discipline, you know, it's actually been really good. Um, because I just sort of walk, I was able to, I took all the stuff from my practice space and put it in the extra room and I've just been kind of sitting in there every day. And, and instead of even having to drive 20 minutes to the practice space, I just walk across the house Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm set myself to it so for for discipline if not for any other way it's been it's actually been kind of uh positive um but not playing in front of people it's a very strange you know oh
2: yeah well as a, as a fan it's it's definitely good to hear that you guys are still staying active in the bar mitzvah scene <laughs> i yeah. don't have it any other way
3: <laughs> no no nor would i yeah nor um, would i know what we go ahead uh, I was going to, well,
2: if you had something to say, cause I actually had a question about that album.
3: <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, Dad, by all yeah. means, if I remember.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm a really big, cause live albums are some of my, um, favorites. Uh, I don't know. We're on a guns N' rose podcast and, and, um, live era is not my favorite guns N' rose album. So it's a bad example, but a lot of my favorite bands, including me first. <laughs> um, yeah, are um, are my favorite albums are live albums. So I, I've heard that album a lot. I was wondering, how did "Um Ruin Johnny's Bar Mitzvah come together? Because I've seen the videos and I've heard the songs, but maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i just, I don't know of a good me person, Gimme Gimme's like forum or fan community where we exchange stories. I don't know a lot of the stories, so I'd love to hear about that.
0: I would, thank you for asking that, Matt, because uh, it was recently the anniversary of, oh, uh, it was Bar uh, well, I Well, wow, the, the really Long Island Jew just came out of me because they, that was Bar Mitzvah. I was bar Mithrid, <laughs> uh October 26th, so it just recently passed, uh, 1996, and, it, and I only remember that because the Yankees won the World Series that night,
2: so that's the... Uh, God damn. <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah.
0: What a um,
3: day. That's uh, like a harmonic divine uh, convergence.
0: I know. That's how I became <laughs> a man. That's how I became the Yankees yeah. won the World Series. <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> I mean, hell of a day to become a man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I would love to know is that long
3: Island, the Mets or is young, long Island, the Yankees. I always forget which. uh, I would argue regional it's, out there?
0: it's more the Mets. I, I would say it's more of a, even though the Mets are in Queens, but which is, I guess, technically long Island, but part of the city. Uh, I just think New York, especially you upper know, it's, up, upstate, it's like the Yankees are going to out like, they're, they're everywhere. Yankee fans are everywhere but I would give Long Island to the Mets overall, I would say. Right. So that's a fair right. question. Well,
3: I mean, even, even if, even if, even if, uh, Long Island is like some kind of permanent opposition to the city, it's still in relation to the city. I'd like whether or not it's a borough, I think, it's, you know, well, yeah, it's, it's not as
0: bad as asking, you know, the Islanders or the Rangers, you know, which one is clearly one, one of the, in the other. Uh, but I would say Mets cause my family's from Brooklyn. So, uh, that's, uh, I think that's not not the Yankee church, It my grandfather hated the Yankees because he was an old, uh, Giants fan. Look at this. We got it off on a baseball yeah. tangent. I love it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm from Portland. So we, we got, the, we got the pickles. I guess I can rock the pickles. <laughs> the but, pickles? Um, oh man. Yeah. We got a, The Portland uh, pickles. Got, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. We, got, we have a, we have a, we have a, we have a, what is it? Like a minor league baseball team called sure. the pickles.
0: Oh, I love it. Oh,
2: nice. And he's got it. He's got a, he's a giant pickle playing baseball bat on the sign. It's it, it's wonderful.
0: Go when it's safe. Go when it's safe.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's the plan. <laughs> I almost went with my work once, but I was not the guy that got the ship.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, here's to more pickle games in the future. But we would like Go to pickle, know yeah. about about the uh, the bar mitzvah before we lose, we lose that. Sorry for going off on a, no,
3: a not mitzvah at tangent. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let me like I came untethered myself. Um, well, did the I bar, was it a, re- a bar mitzvah was,
0: there, was it a request of the bar mitzvah boy to uh have you do an album there? Was somebody related to like how did that? How did you come? How did me first and the give come to record a live album at uh at a bar mitzvah? Was the rabbi in on it? What like what happened?
3: No, it, it was the party, it was not like I, the, the actual, like, no, he, he didn't recite any passages uh, from yeah. the Torah or anything like that. It was just, the uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you call it the reception, but, um, uh, it was a professional relationship. It was Mike's publicist son. And I think it was Mike that suggested it because, uh, Mike's publicist, um, I guess just in conversation casually, uh, announced that his son was about to be bar mitzvah. And Mike said, uh, want us to play it and it was down in like you know the malibu pacific palisades kind of area up in the mountains um i remember i remember sounds being an issue before anybody had ever plugged in like they put those sort of (laughs) glass partitions around the drums and that already sort of put me on edge like you know this this is going to be either too much for people or just not what they're going to want to hear. And then it got started and really nobody was very receptive. (laughs) In fact, some people were holding their ears. And, um, but the good news was that the, um, over at the little bar, a little, a little booth over towards the end of the, uh, of the whatever it was, like a luncheon room or something like that, they uh, they were serving wine, but they were serving it in mud. Nice. So eventually, it's all gaffish Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they, and they got they got warmed up and um, became a lot more receptive, especially the young people. People people even started dancing. The because it was a recorded event, we we did this the set twice, <laughs> uh, which was also very awkward. And, um, I mean, you can hear it like the, 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 um, that's the actual reactions of people very like towards the beginning, like golf claps, you know what I mean? Like mm. those, like less than a half a dozen people or so.
0: This wasn't and, uh, on video. Sorry if that's a not an, if that's a known fact, was this recorded? Uh,
3: yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, there, it, it's, kind of, it's a little dark but
0: uh but you can kind of make it out okay because this um this sounds like pre this like a when i got it was one of those viral snl skits i think ashton kutcher was the host where it was like a, a punk rock band reunited at a wedding you know and you guys
3: yeah. you guys
0: really were ahead of the curve of, of of just the humor of it all and just inventiveness of just that album years later yeah maybe it touches my my kosher heart a little bit and i'm not really kosher but like a little mm-hmm. bit more but that's still like it's a creative and fun thing and that you did. That where would you get that life experience <laughs> anywhere else? <laughs> you know, um, a different way to do it.
3: I love I bar because I went to so many in Pittsburgh that you know, yeah, they're good. They're always my favorite <laughs> parties. Um, no, bar mitzvahs are definitely always
2: a good time. I've only been to a couple, but uh, I've never. Yeah. I've always enjoyed myself. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I, but um, are a close runner up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. As far as let parties go i was gonna say spike it's actually really cool because i know like brando actually touched on this in one of his um his podcasts a couple weeks ago um a lot of the times live album you know like i don't have to tell you you're in the business sometimes live albums are not so genuine so it's really cool to hear all that everything you hear on that record is kind of like at least like crowd wise the reactions there like you know the, you know and and it, it really feels real and it's I like and uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. Like, there's a palpable sense that uh, of mm-hmm. of the awkwardness and uh, discomfort on both sides. Yeah. Not yeah, everyone would have Mike, the ball to do it. that.
0: I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
3: yeah, well, eventually they all had a good time, man. And even um, this guy, I think he, he has passed now, but, but the guy that sang the French version of Seasons in the Sun, he got up and sang a song with us, you know. And Mike sort of, uh, I got to credit him with um, engineering awkward situations because I think he kind of gets off on it. I think that's how the Pirates game happened. I don't know if you heard about that. but We were booed by you know upwards of thirty thousand people, Pirates fans, uh, in Pittsburgh on in, at PNC Park when it was like two thousand six or something like that, and um, uh, it was fireworks night. And we were meant to play three nights, but were summarily fired after one. And I remember when the booing started um, and then sort of crescendoed into, like, it was most of a stadium of 35,000, while fireworks were going off all around us. Like, why bombs. were you being
0: booed? Like, what caused this?
3: Because, I mean, I don't know. We hadn't practiced in a year. It was not what people from the suburbs of Pittsburgh were looking for. Like, they wanted Rascal Flats. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> and, and they got they got an unrehearsed me first in the team and instead. Wow. And um but when when the booing really got going, we looked over at Mike and he was having the time of his life. <laughs> the only one of us that was. Luckily we were out at second base, like out of projectile range. But for somebody who grew up in that city oh. and was and was kind of bullied and ostracized. In that city, it was this crazy. It was like, you know, it was like being on psychedelics without having, you know,
1: traumatic actually
3: taking them.
0: That's pretty incredible. That's traumatic for you.
3: It sounds like it was very traumatic. They had they had fireworks going off from the top of the U.S. Steel Building from barges on the Allegheny River. Like it was, it was nuts. From all over the field, all around us, it was really. We had to wait something like two hours. That's to just... actually leave the stadium blows my mind because it, yeah it's fucking Pittsburgh man it's it's all Ooh. coming down to Pennsylvania and I understand <laughs> why like P- Pittsburgh and Philly are are solidly blue but but uh, but they are surrounded by
1: deep
2: red <laughs> yeah yeah that's I can definitely I'm from Portland so I can definitely relate with that that's kind of no, my absolutely. my life every day. <laughs> And I, I
0: get it. even being from New York, where I, I kind of grew up on Long Island. Uh, you go out Long Island, yeah. it is all red, and, and uh, the city is is blue. But I, that's why I put out today, tweeted today. Can we all just, uh, in some form of it, can we just agree that we all love Guns and Roses? <laughs> some agree, so that's why I do yep. this. So uh, unless unless there was something else to that baseball story, I want to segue to your
2: six degrees of of uh, GNR Bacon. Now, I'm really interested in this one because I didn't do the research beforehand, so I would be surprised by it. <laughs>
0: well, I only know I only know one, and it's this spike. This is just uh, I've been able because of people like Matt and other listeners. I've been able to not only interview people close to Guns N' Roses, but you know people who are just involved in my favorite bands. But I have to do it under the, my own theme of Guns N' Roses. So the six degrees of or Kevin Bacon, GNR Bacon, whatever. So the only thing I could Find was, I guess it relates to what we're talking about. Doing shows, missing shows. Uh, it was Download Festival last year. Uh, Slash with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators played. Might have been the same day as uh, me first in the Gimme Gimme. Different stage, I believe. Uh, that's that's first. Yeah. Of, that's true. Correct.
3: Uh, it, it very well could be. <laughs> I don't so even we know. Kind of went <laughs> in and out of of the Download Festival. Like I don't even go get to get to go see. You know. Like, the bands that I really want to go... Like, I remember we were there, Negative Approach played, and I was not able to get over the Oh yeah, record and see them. Because I had never seen them in all the years that they've been a band and in all the years that I've loved, uh, especially the Tied Down record. Uh, I'd never gotten a chance to see them. And John Brannon is still... Like, you still can't take your eyes off them. Just energy and intensity, like, exactly, you know... Sort of what '80s hardcore represented to me, and but but you know now in the 21st century, and you can't say that about a lot of people. But uh, no, I, we very well could have played this, this the same thing as Flash. Like he, he plays Download, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at the professional lineup from that year. So unless I'm on crack, you know, it was, yeah, well, it was head uh, headline. The big headliners were Def Leppard, Slipknot, and Tool slash uh was on that like right beneath it they were one of the other big headliners but uh, it was you, you still see a pretty big you you're not in the fine fonts on these on these posters sometimes it's so interesting to see who they like the the font sizes it's like how do you feel as a band that's i mean you're, at least you're still on the poster i guess but i can read it
3: probably so. about six degrees and about six miles i would say i, I gotcha you. Uh, slash at the uh Mm-hmm. Uh, at that particular festival, anyway, I don't think we were yeah. playing the same uh, the same stage. But uh,
0: yeah. no, I don't believe so. But it, it's a nice shoehorn, just because sometimes I, I I find out six degrees. So have you? Yeah. As far as I, I I don't know if me first has ever during a live show covered any sort of uh, Guns N' Roses song. Or, no, we never, have
3: not. But I mean, we might do the Paul McCartney uh, James Bond tune. Okay. I would certainly consider that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was, I, I remember when I first them, moved man. to California <laughs> um, and you know they used to call uh, Aerosmith a poor man's Rolling Stones and then they called Guns N' Roses a poor man's Aerosmith which I think is unfair especially for the Appetite for Destruction record but I remember there was this weird sort of crossover fan base that Guns N' Roses enjoyed at the time where like if you listen to bands like the Joneses or the Sea Hags, all these bands that kind of had their origins in uh in punk music or in punk bands um when that record came out like it made a big splash with them i think almost even before before it had mass appeal it was with these like kind of rockers and punk rockers
2: you know? yeah well well duff um the bass player duff mckagan he um he played in the part called yeah, yeah the farts and he also played in 10 minute warning up in seattle and so I know he's got a lot of punk rock cred at least by the time Appetite came out so I'm sure that For definitely hurt. Sure. Yeah.
0: I appreciate That's that perspective. Yeah, Spike. So what what was your reaction when it, it came out since you're are you part of that that crossover as well?
3: No, but like a lot of my friends uh, when I moved to uh to California at first were like that was when I first heard the Joneses record or like the Gun Club record or Mommy's Little Monster there was like there are all these records that uh, back in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was sort of more um, hardcore oriented, and then by the time I left, it was like well into that sort of crossover, like kind of metal thing. Okay, like Age of Quarrel had come out, and that was sort of like you know that that was huge. Um, and uh, and most hardcore bands, like kind of Agnostic Front, had become something of a metal kind of like influenced hardcore band and so that was sort of sort of more what the music uh scene was in pittsburgh that and then also uh this kind of uk 82 everybody there looked like kind of uk 1982 if that makes any sense like double mohawks and spikes and acrylic paint on their jackets and stuff and i looked like kind of a nerd who just like wrote shit on my clothes you know what i mean and uh, But California uh, was different. California was where where I really, you know, like I had heard the cramps in Pittsburgh okay. and dug the cramps, but but in in out west, like they were really, you know, they they were really a cultural phenomenon out here, as well as like the Gun Club that that like that that carried on like years after they the, those like those releases, like after the Fire of Love, the Gun Club record was released like years afterwards. I think people recognized pretty early on what a what a classic that record was. But like you would find like those same people that listened to that stuff were uh, really responded to the to the Guns N' Roses record too, along with all these like metalheads and rockers. Like it it and then so you you sort of saw the start of Guns N' Roses kind of mass appeal.
2: Yeah. I remember I um I was at a party with um a couple with a friend of mine. And he had brought a friend and I had never heard it before. I brought up Guns N' Roses to him, but he he, he looked. He, this guy was like a, a huge metalhead, and he goes, "Yeah, Guns N' Roses is like the most diverse band I've ever heard." <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but I could like as a metal, I could I could see if you were a metalhead, then being the most diverse band you ever heard, you know. So
3: no, yeah, but they they um, they like they certainly updated some things. It was kind of like. You know, when I first heard the Strokes record, I I thought like, well, this is exactly new. And then I remember it it growing on me and I still love it. Um, And, you know, even though it's still, you know, it it may not have been something new, but it was definitely an update with some catchy tunes and good sounds. Hmm? Strokes, Yeah, Strokes got a new record coming out, don't they? I just, I mean, my friend's a
2: big, my, my buddy Dylan, who actually is the one that showed me me first in the me give he's a big SNL guy. I know they're just on SNL.
0: Right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I Spike, what yeah, are you uh, listening to now? What's in, um, are you at home, so listening to, is that part of your your daily routine, is listening to music or, or no?
3: Yes. Um, I listen to a lot of boleros. Um, I've got a group called uh, Los Nuevos Bajos. And with which, uh, that, that, that's another project that uh, I have been involving myself. Well, you know, not so much over the last year, but, um, because I can't go to Panama, nor can they come to the States. But, um, uh, boleros, they're, they're like Spanish love songs. I don't know how old the, the art form is, but, um, right around the mid century, you were seeing a lot of these trio groups. It was always like these three, Principal like uh, singer player uh, figures, and they uh, they it was all sort of it all adhered to a certain specific style, and they were coming out of Mexico, they were coming out of Cuba, they were coming out of Puerto Rico, and um, they uh, sort of elevated boleros. They they played them in their own specific idiom, like like bands like Los Panchos. I don't know if you've heard of them, but in Mexico, they're considered, like, you know, Elvis or the Beatles. Yeah. Los Diamantes, Los Ticolines. There's, there's all these great groups. And um, I've had the dream that I was finally able to realize over the last couple of years um, of starting a band as kind of a tribute and playing these songs, you know, sort of like like a me first in the Gimme Gimmes, but for... Uh, old Spanish love songs, Love it. And I talked to some (laughs) Panamanian friends of mine and, uh, they were really receptive to the idea and happened to know a bunch of other, uh, uh, I mean, like to say capable musicians is an understatement. Like, especially the drummers down there. They're just like, you know, like they're they're really good timekeepers. I don't know. I I don't know how to say it without like understating it. You know, The, the, the drummers down there are not messing around the Panamanian drummers. And, uh, and nor are any, any of the other players, like a lot, a lot of these guys had played with, uh, with Ruben Blades. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm. Um, he's an actor and singer. Um, but we were able to record over the last two years, um, and two trips to Panama city, uh, a full length record that we are still, I mean, you know, the pandemic kind of put everything on hold, but, uh, eventually we're going to release it, you know? Okay. Um, and the, band, the project is called Los Nuevos Bacos. It means the new lows in Spanish. If you're interested, we have a seven inch record. In fact, uh, in lieu of a full length on, um, on Del Corazon records here in, uh, in San Francisco, California.
2: Oh, cool. Is that going to, is that available online anywhere? Or is it just, um, like local shops here or whatnot?
3: um, Local shops, or you I mean, you, I think you can find it It's streaming online um, oh, cool. as well. Certainly on Spotify or your other platforms. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, that's something I've been involving myself with.
2: That's really like, cool because my family comes from
3: Spain, so I'll have to check that out. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, Boleros, they're like, to me, they're like Beatles songs. They're like classic pop songs, but with just, you know, maybe some more minor chords. And it's it, it, it's strange to me how what a forgotten art form it is because the songs are just are so good. But I really do I recommend checking out the groups from especially from Mexico and Puerto Rico and Cuba from the mid century, like Los Panchos and, and uh, Los Tecolines, Los Diamantes, Los Tres Aces, all these great groups from that period that um, they played almost exclusively boleros and just like it's this huge Songbook of just these amazing songs, and if you have any inkling of you know like what they're saying, like the meaning behind the words, they're just just heartbreaking. In fact, a friend of mine pointed out. He said, "I don't think there was ever a bolero that was written about uh anything but the very beginning or the very end of a romantic relationship. Never the middle. Always the very beginning or the very end. So it's mm. always really dramatic and." Traumatic and and heart wrenching, but beautiful songs, mm. and then beautifully played by these groups. You know, revived by these groups in the in the uh, in the fifties
0: and sixties. It's oh, exciting congrats. that you're still working on so many different creative projects. Things that we have to look forward to because there's so much uncertainty, you know, uh, in the world. Basically, well, <laughs> so that, that we are certain I mean, that you're, you're you're moving forward and you're going to have a lot of new music for us.
3: Well, not just. I mean, the uh, the 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 one thing that this year has sort of shown us is that we, uh, as musicians, and I guess everybody else. I mean, we were the first to close, and we'll be the yeah, the last to open back up. Yada yada yada. But I mean, like the the uh, ability to pivot and adapt is really something that we have to. Uh, sure. We have to be able to do, and another. Uh, Project, I guess you could call it, that I am being involved with is uh, is streaming a uh, a Christmas special under the auspices of the name uh, Gimme Gimme TV, and so we are trying to uh, we are putting together a sort of variety show, if you will, because nice. uh, as we've seen the sort of live music experience, um, it doesn't always translate exactly how we'd like in a sort of streaming scenario. I don't know if you've noticed that, you know, but like oh, yeah, I've spend spend a lot of that. money on lights and sound and all this, like, and it doesn't translate. Like you sort of have to, to diversify uh, the entertainment. If that makes any sense S- at someone all. Someone
0: needs to yep. figure out how to make that work because for some reason, like we were talking about sports earlier, you know, there are sports I can, I don't have to go to a game. I mean, I will go to games, but the, the experience, especially football on TV, it's, it's like you're being there half the time, but how, why can't they make concerts like that? So I understand uh, at the beginning the the necessity of it just to get, you know, out there, keep active, and people, you know, they, they don't forget you. <laughs> you know, the first few podcasts I did uh, uh, after I couldn't go back to the studio were, were bare bones, but you, if we have the technology that's out there and they get creative with it we – Talked earlier just about your creativity. Uh, I know we can talk about Christmas special, but you had the creative outlet of thought to record during well during a bar mitzvah. Well, not during a bar mitzvah, but the bar mitzvah party. But uh, I, I can only imagine what you'll come up with uh, streaming-wise.
3: Oh Well, check it out. Uh, we uh, It is set to air on veep.com on December the 12th, which is a Saturday.
0: All right, perfect. Perfect. I, during a cool. pandemic,
3: so, you know this is
0: all good news presumably
3: we've got nothing better to do than to uh, to watch the gimmies uh, endeavor to entertain the uh, the world through the uh, through the ether through yeah. the tubes what was that guy wasn't he from Alaska the guy that could the internet is a series of tubes <laughs> <laughs> he called it I thought that wow. was great
2: are you guys gonna do more Christmas stuff for the special or are you guys gonna like stick to the the main repertoire
3: um yeah, we've got some Christmas surprises in store and um, some special guests that uh, if you don't already know, then, then uh, you will afterwards. And um, I think that you'll dig. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great.
0: You have to slip in now. Cause after doing this one G reference or one little, just like one little thing, like one little reference or to make quiz. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have all this new music. I was hoping for like a secret sixth degree of Kevin uh, GNR bacon to find out, but we didn't find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, it's, well, this last thing was, was, you know, you don't have you to. You really even even don't if have I to. Was six <laughs> miles don't. away from that stage, uh, um, you know. I, 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 I can, we, we did play the same festival. You said uh, so yourself. Oh, I know. That's I, oh, yeah, that'll I, always
0: be there. I'm just saying. I want a more more direct one. Like you I can't I,
3: take I, that away from us.
0: Oh, oh I'm not. I'll, t- um, I'll tell you the real lame ones that I've mm-hmm. used. Uh, I Tom Green, the comedian, saw uh, Guns N' Roses once, so we just talked about that <laughs> concert. Uh, one of my favorites is I had uh, the actress she's from the the walking dead uh, I I can't th- oh my god uh, Polly Pollyanna McIntosh I knew I knew it would come out Pollyanna McIntosh from the walking dead and the connection there was slash likes the walking dead like he's he yeah. the creator <laughs> That's but she's pretty good but yeah. she she told I
3: grew that, up in Pittsburgh which is the city of the living dead that,
0: that works too
3: that's Julian mean, Romero. That's where he filmed all of uh, *Night of the Living Dead*, *Dawn of the Dead*, *Day of the Dead*. Oh, um, all right. Oh, Am I, I stretching? Trying. Am I reaching? No, that's right up my yeah. alley.
0: That's right up my alley. You're not yeah. reaching. I'm reaching. I told you this was. Now, I, I'm, I'm sure, sure, sure Slash likes
3: all those movies
2: too. So
0: exactly. You know? My goal is to talk yeah. about zombies and horror with Slash. But it was funny when Polly had a mentioned. She's like, "Oh, I have a secret one. Uh, you would no one would ever know it was Slash." she just happened to be in an elevator with him once and nothing happened.
2: (laughs) So I guess maybe I had a little hope that you were in
0: an elevator with Slash or something
2: at some point, but Uh, to tie it back at least a little bit to Guns N' Roses. um, I remember you were saying a little earlier with the Boleros record that um, you were waiting to put it out with everything pandemic-wise and um, it hasn't been confirmed, but that's kind of the rumor with Guns N' Roses that the album that they've been working on is being delayed by the pandemic and I guess I, my question would be, um, is that the trend you're seeing around the music industry? Is everyone kind of like holding on to their records and waiting well, for a chance to it, promote them?
3: Just in general, people are, are holding on to their money. Um, Makes sense. There, I mean, since 1997, there hasn't been a sure thing as far as like recorded music um, in the first place. And then since the pandemic, I mean, even, even though it has things with recorded music have improved because it's something that you listen to in the privacy of your own home it's still um with things like spotify you know where they where the where the the head of the company famously said like you can't music what did he say musicians can no longer release things every three or four years and expect to earn a living
2: yeah was something along those lines
3: He <laughs> <laughs> something one time and expect to you know for his you know, great, great grandchildren to, to live on private islands. But, um, God, I forget that. That, that, was a real tangent for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay. where, where did we start with that? Sorry.
2: Oh, is it, I was asking if that's the trend, if that's the trend
3: you've been, really
2: been seeing around the music industry is people waiting to put out the records until they have a proper way to
3: promote them. Um, no, the trend I see in the music industry is the trend that I see sort of, Continuing, which is, um, just sort of, I mean, uh, we don't get the respect, not that we necessarily deserve the respect of professions like teachers and, you know, and all these other people that, that, I mean, that do things that sort of measurably, uh, improve and affect people's lives, uh, but we certainly don't get the respect that I feel that we are due. And that, that's a there's a lot of caveats with that because um, a lot of musicians feel they're entitled to more respect than they are actually due. But um, I don't know, the trend I see these days, especially in the States, not so much in Europe, but especially in the States, um, is sort of a lack of respect for the the color and the vibrancy that music and the arts give to our lives, especially when we're stuck at home for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Like we need color in our lives. And, you know, I think last night's speech in front of those flags, like that looked like, that looked like a truck stop, didn't it? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like that that wasn't, that's a presidential address during, you know what I mean? Like, like, he had the, that, that had to be like the highest rated spot on television in the last who knows how long. And the best thing that they could muster was like a truck stop display. And that just, mm. to me, is indicative of like where our priorities are culturally and artistically. And no, I sure. think, and, and towards the end, when people really started to get tired of the of the communist system and the, and the Soviet Empire, I think one of the reasons was is that it's. That's all the color at everything. Like the people, the people, when the wall came down in Berlin, the people that lived near the wall on the Western side, when they knew that the Easterners were coming, they bought, they cynically bought bushels of bananas and charged like 50 marks a bunch to these unwitting East Berliners because they didn't know. And because they weren't allowed bananas, because bananas were considered this sort of decadent, like they suck the color out of everything and then it kind of seems like what we're doing from the other side right now no they you could. know we I don't mean, have I mean, an evil empire to compare ourselves against and to show that we're better than so it's just like the best you can do is is get to work mm-hmm. you know at our worst, we we are uh you know like lazy shiftless you know like we at our like we don't put in the 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 manual like day-to-day tedious work, you know? And we think that, that our offerings are somehow, you know, like, like I I do think that musicians uh, get an inflated sort of self image sometimes, especially the successful ones, especially ones that grow to be successful very early on in their lives and I think are not, um, may not be um, mature enough to handle it.
0: It made me think of uh, the Save Our Stages, and just how many people are out of work? People that I'm sure help out me first in the Gimme gimmies, and and it's yeah, bands like Guns N' Roses, I think they got PPE loans, and and but they, it's not about them, like how much Axel makes or Slash. It's all these engineers and people who build stages and roadies and just you know people yeah. who schedule things, and it's, you don't think about it, you know how many of these small venues that bands that you guys love, you know, uh, I guess that's. Part and, of and if the, you the think cool musicians
3: that, are lacking respect, like those people aren't even thought of.
0: That's what I'm talking you know? about, right? Or exactly. Absolutely. Or considered. So that's that's so important. It's not just a band gets up and plays. I mean, yeah, you know, you've had the the luxury of just well, even during a bar mitzvah, you had your challenge. You need <laughs> so that it always takes more than just the band. It takes people who who aren't rich, who aren't famous, who are
3: helping right. these
0: bands. Sound and look as good as they do. They are really hurting uh, right yeah. now. And
3: if they go under, if they go under, like I'm sorry, this is and I don't think this is political. If they go under, somebody's dragging them there right now.
1: I like, I, I support whoever
3: supports getting our stages of, saved. <laughs> it, it, it's somehow seditious to suggest that like we get some kind of amnesty, like on everything. You know what I mean? Like that, like taxes bills like they're still coming or they're being deferred to a later time where we owe the entire amount from the pandemic like it's not gonna it's not gonna stand up so I keep repeating to myself that's like it's it's like some kind of bullshit affirmation um and also a way of saying like things are tough all over I keep saying we're in good company anytime like I, I'm thinking about my financial future or I'm talking to a friend that's like that's worried about what they're going to do or how they're going to make money, I say, Hey, we're a good company. They can't drag us all down. And then it's also an affirmation because I hope that I am in good company, you know, mm-hmm. and that we show some solidarity for one another, including people with different, uh, political beliefs. But it, it seems like, well, that's, you know,
0: I, I hear with you. And that's what this podcast is about because I know I have listeners on both sides of the aisle and, you know, while I may lean a certain way, it doesn't matter about that. We all come here to talk about, you know, in some way, shape, or form, guns and roses first, and see where it leads us. And we so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> look where it led. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. nearly like, talking just for an the fire hour. It
3: doesn't, doesn't mean that it has to burn somebody else, man. That, that, that's all that I'm saying. Like, and mm-hmm. I don't think that, that that's a, a, a partisan belief you know, like maybe we could put the fire out just for the pandemic, you know?
2: You don't no, so. yeah. I
3: understand. That, that that sounds like I'm not I'm not communist, man. I'm not suggesting that, you know, we turn into this completely collectivist kind of system, but you know maybe we like, cool the hot potato down instead of just like having <laughs> to pass it around. <laughs> yeah, like
2: um one of the biggest Portland venues, um, Hawthorne Theater, I just saw a thing where it went up for sale on a big like real estate website, and that's like oh. I I don't know if you guys have played there before, Spike. But a lot of my favorite bands, that's the venue they come to town and play. You know,
3: right? And if we lose, I don't remember Hawthorne, if I played the Hawthorne or not. Uh, is that the one right by the food truck?
2: It's right across the street from a Fred Meyer's, and it's like an old Masonic lodge. Uh huh. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I I imagine if I if I played as many shows of you, I it would blend together a bit. But um,
0: how about
1: it's this? Like
2: I don't like. How,
0: where have you played? Have you played uh, the Paramount on Long Island?
3: No, I have not. Okay, I played one show in in Long Island with the Swing and Utters, and it was like something out of The Sopranos or something oh, like God. that. Seriously, like, was it was it was bizarre and, and even disturbing in some ways. But, what about uh, New
0: York? Where have you played in New York? I'm just seeing if there's any crossover there as well. Oh
3: man, all over. I played CBGB's. Play?
0: GNR and play. Well, CBGB's died well before the pandemic, but... <laughs>
3: right. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, what is it, a John Barbados now or something like that? The, the, uh, okay. But we played the Bowery Ballroom, Bowery Electric, okay. Webster Hall, uh, Irving Plaza. Yeah. Um, God damn, where else? G&R. All over. They, they
0: played, yeah, so a lot of the, those same stages. I mean... Yeah, they were hurting. It was a hurting industry bef- before, but this is really hurting it. And, and we just talked about the the members, the crew that helps out bands. What about the crew that helps set up the the show and that works these venues and aren't Madison Square Garden that aren't these big, you know? And they're hurting too. But um, we we got to get back to yeah, some music- sort of normalcy. Estimation,
3: musicians, excuse me, musicians' uh, uh, estimations of themselves. I find, are usually in uh, inverse relations with their uh, estimation, especially of the people that work for the actual house that they play in. I feel like that's that's a very undervalued part of the music industry. And But my problem, uh, and I think San Francisco is experiencing a lot of the same problems that New York is, is that the pandemic didn't create these problems. It just sort of accelerated. yeah. Um, the closure of these legacy businesses that um yeah we had this this sort of um kind of mexican-american oriented um like hood outfitters kind of store called seagulls that had been here for 90 years it was like it was a fixture in the mission and um i guess i don't know if it was that the uh, the landlord like quadrupled the rent or something but that that it's Jeez. certainly the case in a lot of the cases. And then now it's just this graffitied, boarded up storefront with rats and homeless people out front and graffiti, but with the old sign still, you know what I mean? Like, it, and, and it's that that's just one of dozens of legacy businesses like that, including of course, music venues. Um, and then the music venues that, um, are still sustaining and I believe will sustain uh, through and uh, out of the pandemic. I think you're going to find that it's, that it's going to be more and more corporate and uh, more and more averse to risk-taking to the risk-taking that's required to keep a vibrant music scene of scale in any given city. So I think cities are just kind of, I mean, yeah. yeah I you
0: hear know. what you're saying and it's a nice little segue because, uh, I can't thank you enough uh, uh, for your time spike is because not only is where I am right now, a radio studio has to act like a radio studio. It has to act like a dance studio because my girlfriend is a a dance teacher. Uh, She teaches little kids. And right now I believe the kids, they are, they are back allowed at the studio. They have to wear masks, but only a certain amount of time. But sometimes You know the the parents don't want the kids. They're not. They don't feel safe yet, even though they've been declared by uh, the governor. So she uses our half is uh, my living room as a studio. Half of it now is a is a dance studio at times. So that's the so we got to save our dance studios as well. So uh, I I'm I'm kind of being pushed out a little bit. This is this is a live radio, as they say. You know I have to. It's a happy. you know, not yet, but a like, happy wife, happy life, isn't that the phrase? So I I I, I gotta get yeah. out of here.
3: <laughs> right. But I also think like in your seventies you're gonna look back at this time and think it may be some of the best, you know.
0: I I that's honestly period of your life. I me personally, because obviously this pandemic is we talked about a lot of it, has hurt millions of people and it's awful. And I hope all of them in some way, shape, or form can recover. I understand if you lo- lost a yeah. loved one, that's, an, that's another story. I personally will look back on this time as a great time in my life. I believe that I, and a lot of it is um, well, it's because while getting to do this podcast, Yes, I love this segue I was able to do cause it's real life. But I, the fact that I was able to connect with a, a listener of mine, I appreciate every single one who listens to this silly little podcast, Matt and all the way in Oregon that, that I can talk to know, lead singer. Of one of my, my favorite bands uh, spike. Thank you. I, I, I can't thank you enough for your, your time and, uh, I, I didn't expect we. Were, this is the whole point. We, this is a GNR mm-hmm. podcast, and look where it led us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, uh, Matt. Do you? I guess uh, since you're the co-host for the day, do you have any? Uh, do you have a final question. November rain
2: and beyond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm in Portland, so I'm living the November rain right now. But uh, I just want to say, Spike, uh, thanks for talking with us today. Um, i have been a really big fan for a long time, listening to you since I was a kid, and I I just want to say like your singing has inspired me a lot. So thank you a lot.
3: Thank you so much, Matt. And, uh, man,
2: be safe up there. Oh yeah. You, and, 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 and you, you too, Spike and you too, Brando. I mean, wherever you are, take care of yourself, take care of each other pretty much. You too. (laughs) Well, Matt,
0: you're going to hang on even
2: though,
0: Matt, you're going to hang on a little bit because we got to do a fan obsession, but we're going to, Oh yeah. we got to make sure my girlfriend understands that part of it, but we could have been on the phone with, uh, with Spike for another hour. And it's, it's one of those things that, uh.
2: Getting, oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm getting the the light for it. She's playing her <laughs> own own music to kind of rush me along.
3: That's uh, more than anybody wants or deserves. <laughs> <laughs> Too much coffee today, man. You 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 caught me at a bad time. No, I caught you at a good <laughs> time.
0: Spike, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon.
3: Thank you, Brandon. You got Cheers, it. Cheers, man.
0: So that was that was fun for all sorts of reasons. Uh, specifically, the end. <laughs> it just is well, what it yeah. is.
2: I'm sorry if I got a little too political. If Spike was talking about it, and I tried, you
0: know. <laughs> no, it's all right. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can't help it. We can't help it, and especially when I bring yeah, it yeah. up. And I'll tie it into it. Maybe that, that can that can lead into a couple things, actually, I'm going to do with you. Before we get into uh, Shotgun News, do I have that
2: sound set up? It's set up so- all I got to say is that you're... You got great names for all the all your all your segments.
0: Thank you. <laughs> this will be the sound I, I play for Shotgun News right now. <laughs> That's what I deserve. I don't have all the buttons uh, <laughs> <laughs> set up yet. Yeah. Uh, so so Shotgun News, yeah. Axel uh, tweeted, you know, right before the election happened. You know, it was uh, tweets, a few tweets, kind of like a poem. And uh, I don't know. You can look at the timeline. You can make your own judgments. I. I don't know if you saw this, Matt. I know you tend to follow on Facebook. I tweeted, at, mm-hmm. I tweeted at Axel's tweet from two years ago that said, you know, get out, uh, you know, motherfuckers or whatever. Get out and, and get out and vote. And I responded to that, you know, just to see my, my followers would respond to it. I don't expect Axel to respond. You know, any words of wisdom before tonight's, uh, the, the night before? And three hours later, he he did, is it, can I take credit for that? Did I
2: prompt him? I will give you credit for that one, Brando.
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) Thank you. That's that's really cool. And I I remember when I saw it, I thought, uh, man, I I know with the pandemic, a lot of stuff is getting moved to the digital thing, but I didn't know Acclerance would get moved to the digital plane. So, you know, that's a good thing, right? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, you, you know, usually you only get that type of stuff when he's on stage. So it's cool to see it online first. It's true. For, for, for a very big, you know? <laughs>
0: oh, and by the way, I think I, I do have it. News. Nice. Nice. It is still there. Perfect. <laughs> it's there. You're still there, right, man? Phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm still there. I'm, I'm, say It's a, it's challenging, but the buttons, they are back. So, yeah, it's, uh, axle tweeted. Yeah. Yeah. There really isn't much more news. I mean, if you want you, uh, the pinball machine is news and check out that episode if you haven't yet. That, and that's for yeah. real. That was, that was a really fun conversation and, and stick around for uh, the giveaways through that. I'm, I'm, they're sending some stuff to me for me to send out to you, the listeners, not you, Matt. I'm sorry. I don't, well, I don't know if this, no, it's okay. I don't know if this disqualifies sorry, you, but it's, it, I don't think it does, I, but I, I don't know what I'm going to do mean, with it yet.
2: I mean, anybody with um, if any fans get any cool merch, I'm for that. You know, I I I love. I mean, I like the merch I have. I'm if any, you know, if it can get, and any situation where, where cool stuff gets in the hands of the fans is always something I'm a fan
3: of. So,
0: well, speaking <laughs> of merch, uh, I don't know if you have checked out Redbubble. Um, it's just a it's a hosting site for all sorts of um gear, and that's where I I put up my new, a brand new appetite for the storage and t-shirts. There are stickers. You can order sweatshirts. They have a lot of different variety, and they, they somehow know how to uh, Photoshop the image you you load up into all se- different models, and and, and but they're pretty accurate. So if you wanna wanna check that out, I, I finally have all these years later uh, merch for sale. But I wouldn't be. Oh, yeah, I, okay, sorry. Go, go ahead, Matt. I'm, I get into radio mode. That was go it. Ahead.
2: I saw one of... No, it's okay. I saw one of the... You were wearing one of the shirts when you did the Live Era podcast, right?
0: Yeah, I'm going to start to wear them, I guess. That's what people do. <laughs> you know, wear shirts of... of I, I hate doing that. You know, it's true. Yeah, it with looked, radio. It looked good,
2: is what I was going to
0: say. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm yeah. happy the way it came out. I'm, if you haven't, if you are an avid listener, I'm just not a guy who I, I don't think I have an ego. I'm probably too hard on myself of anything. I just don't like selling myself. I like talking and chatting with fans and you know the opportunities to talk to, to, to people who've done really cool things. But the people have been asking for shirts for a long time, and if I'm going to take this podcast seriously, which I do, certainly it's not my job. It's it's a, it's a nice offspring, offshoot of my job. But if I'm going to take it seriously, which I should, I should have merch. So, uh, so there you yeah. go, it's available. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So I, I have this sound uh, back. Bam! You're a bad apple. My bad apples that are out there.
2: Oh, right. yeah. Well, I love the show. It's been, it's, been, it's been great to be involved.
0: So I wanted to, I don't think I loaded the, the sound, which I probably should have, considering I knew what I was going to do today, but for, for fan obsession. So let's do a fan obsession. So obviously we talked about some of your your fandom for Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, but Let's talk about Guns N' Roses. So... When did you, I guess, get into them? Uh, let's start there. When did you first get into uh, the band? How old were you?
2: Um, well, it's the very, like I said, the very first, the ver- well, the very first time, my earliest Guns N' Roses memory, has got to be when I was in eighth grade and some kid brought appetite for destruction into school and he tried to play it on one of the school computers. But, you know, as we learn, technical difficulties happen. And right as lunch break ends and we all sit down, welcome to the jungle that starts blasting through my entire <laughs> class because <laughs> the kid doesn't know how to shut it off. Oh, that's, so that's awesome. My early, yeah, and then that's my earliest memory. And besides that, like like I said earlier, I um, I discovered my Michelle on an old flash video when I was a kid. And I was just like, well, the coolest song I've ever heard, little 13-year-old me. And then that led me to Appetite for Destruction, led me to, you know, and I think that was, like 2002 2003 when that happened so i started reading about all the mythology of the band and chinese democracy and it's like when you're a little kid when you're a kid that that type of stuff excites you like you know what i sure. mean like mysteries like like and i think i, I and i'm going to give chinese democracy a lot of credit because if it wasn't for all that mystery and like trying to figure out when that album was going to come out i don't know if i would have been as, as engaged of a fan but that's kind of where my fandom came up i remember when all the leaks were happening and all that so
0: You you know, that's very, it's not by design. I've spoken to a lot of fans who, you know, it's not like we're the same age. I'm slightly older. Yeah, I was only four when Appetite came out. So I'm still on the the younger spectrum, I guess. Uh, I was never able to see the original, uh, the Appetite 5 live. But still to meet Mm. people like you who came into uh, with the, in the early 2000s with the Chinese speculation where it was kind of hard to be a Guns N' Roses fan. People would make fun of you. Being a Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. fan, so it's uh, I've spoken to more than there are plenty of you out there, plenty of us
2: out there. Yeah, uh, I think I always say cool. that um, that the Guns N' Roses, um, that the Guns N' Roses was one of the was awesome for a lot of reasons, but also because I can wear my Guns N' Roses shirts and people don't make snide comments anymore. Now they just <laughs> le- now they just um, now they just say, "Oh, awesome shirt!" For the most part, yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's a good that's a good
0: point. So, what's your your favorite song? Given the uh, the era you came in? Do you've do you particular favorite song does it depend on the uh, the week your mood
2: uh it's always gonna be my michelle by far uh i don't know what it is about that song i think it's honestly izzy's rhythm guitar on that is probably like my favorite rhythm guitar line of all time and like the, the song has such good energy like to, to bring up what we brought up with spike earlier like it's almost like a punk rock type of vibe you know what i mean even though it's a, even though it's a rock, it's a hard rock song. you definitely has, especially when they play it live, and Duff is doing his shouts and stuff in the background. It's Just an incredible song, and it'll always be my favorite. Like I always have, like um, uh, right now, my most the song I listen to most right now is probably perhaps. Okay, Ooh, like, are we gonna get in trouble for mentioning that? Uh, that perhaps
0: anyway. it exists. Perhaps it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I, that's well, you
2: know... I had to give that one a shout out. That's my favorite, gun, my girlfriend's favorite Guns N' Roses song. That's so.
0: fine. You know, being people <laughs> ask me sometimes, it's like, I will, I've will. i heard leaks, I don't keep them, so don't ask me. <laughs>
2: I'm like, okay, yeah, it, moving on. I'm not, I'm not the guy. Don't talk to me yeah, about that.
0: I'm but. not the guy. I'm <laughs> not the guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And
0: have you ever heard the AFI version of uh, My Michelle?
2: Yeah, um, that's actually, me and my, but me and one of my high school best friends got in a big point of contention over that because as a kid I didn't like it very much and she did and we'd always go back and forth but um yeah. through the years I, I I I used to you know when you're a kid and you have like the five bands you used to like that you would like hate on just because it was trendy AFI was kind of one of those for okay. me because <laughs> I think I think I was angry that they went they, I think I was more mad about their sound change because when they were younger they were a really heavy punk rock band yeah but um nowadays they're they, they've changed their sound a little bit nowadays but I think I was salty. They stopped being a punk rock band. So I kind of hated on them as a kid, but you know, AFI, you're okay now. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was so hard on you. When I was younger, I like you guys just fun.
0: <laughs> right on. And uh, tr- full dis- uh, disclosure, a couple things in there. I believe it hasn't been, uh, maybe last year at some point, I reached out trying to get Davey Havoc on the show, you know, using that, that connection of them covering my Michelle. And honestly, speaking of Michelle, I mean, assuming it's, it's her, I haven't done a, a, a true background check, but I, I, have Facebook spoken to the Michelle, the subject of the, of the song, I don't think I'll ever be able to get her on the podcast, but she's very kind uh, behind the scenes and she likes, you know, my posts, what you know what I, what I do as a, at least as a social media uh, aspect of it. And I, she's gotten, I, I've had her think about it. I don't know if it'll ever, yeah. and I, and I get it. I mean, if that's, I mean, that's uh, if that's your life, that could be a sensitive subject. So um, I just want yeah, to exactly. let you know, I have inquired. She's very cool. She's very active on so, on on our social media, if you don't know who she is. Um, yeah, she's
2: always been great to fans. Oh, so there like, you
0: go. so uh, Yeah,
2: from everything. I mean, I mean I just watched The rich because I just bought a rich DVD a couple of days ago. and What is it, Axel says in that? It's um, a song about a friend of mine, and now she's getting autographs, and she doesn't know what that's all about. <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe one day,
2: a quote like that. but
0: I'll never put never uh, with any of my yeah. guests. I'll never, uh, push them or pressure them or anything like that. I mean, I can, I can ask <laughs> as far as much as you can do, yeah. but you just mentioned, well, uh, Mich- by, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, Michelle, if you're listening, thank you so much for a wonderful song. It means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right uh, I'm sure she's happy. She went through that. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. so you just mentioned, uh, <laughs> Things that you bought, things you so. Do you have a a, a specific like a special piece of memorabilia? Whether it be something you bought, whether it be something you own, uh, it could be anything.
2: My favorite piece of memorabilia right now is that I think I posted it on one on the in when you asked um, when you were asking about which version of library you just you have. Okay, I actually just bought um, during quarantine because I had a little. Uh, somehow I had a little extra cash buying around. I'm not sure how that worked out, but I bought um, um, a, um, the four disc Westwood One broadcast of the Paris 92 show a couple weeks ago. Okay. And that thing has been phenomenal because I've always wanted, because um, Lenny Kravitz is one of my favorite artists and Aerosmith is one of my favorite artists. And it's really cool to have a version of Always On the Run and a version of um, Train Kept It Rolling in good quality. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So that's, that's really cool, man speaking of Lenny Kravitz I, I responded to somebody uh this way today as we're recording this and maybe this is a a nice little punctuation on the on the episode I posted the the Kravitz song it ain't over till it's over
2: oh uh, yeah I so, love that
0: song yeah if you're happy sad just come together here on this podcast and let's talk about GnR <laughs> let's end it on, oh yeah let's That's end true. in a positive note. you know
2: me I love talking about I love talking about GnR and music so I'm happy to be here
0: <laughs> I, i'm happy you're here matt honestly yeah. i was really you know kind of stoked when i, I saw i was like i think i'm gonna open this up to to listeners you know, to, to code this episode and there are names i recognize you know the who, people who comment uh, religiously and you're one of those names i'm like this is great you know he, this is an opportunity not just to talk to spike from me first and the gimme but to talk to you out there in the GNR GNR universe and i'm I'm very just um, happy that you listened to this little podcast that you have. You know, you're excited to talk about GNR. You helped me with my interview with Spike. And just thanks for your time today, man.
2: No, no problem, man. I, you, know, I love, um, I love, you know, I love music and I love Guns N' Roses. So if you ever need anyone to chat about those things, I'm always <laughs> you're,
0: you're a bad apple. There we go.
2: My only hope for today is I'm not the one bad apple that spoils the whole damn bunch.
0: That's all <laughs> I care. <laughs> care about. Depends on the day. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, Matt, right. thanks so much uh, to, to you, Matt, to, to Spike, of course, everybody who's hanging out on another edition of this Appetite for Distortion uh, bar for party of a broadcast, as I call it sometimes. When we see the next episode, well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know if soon is the word. Yeah! I'm going home.